For a life-changing, powerful message with Pastor King Rose. Also, you can always purchase the CD after the service.
praise you. Come on, somebody give him praise one more time. You are high and lifted up, and you're 
Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Hallelujah. We do this for you. This is no show. Such an awesome God. Hey, that I must. You wrote me through too much. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. That's it. He's, he's pleased with that right there. Can we sing it together? Such an awesome God. And I'm all shouting now. Sing. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Such an awesome God.
Well, it's that time once again for our weekly tithes and offering. To all of our guests, there is no pressure on you to have to participate, but if you desire to support our ministry, it will be greatly appreciated. Well, the scriptures say, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, and here we find the purpose on why we give. It says, so let each one give as they purpose in their heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves that you're forgiven. So even, even the tithe and the offering should come from this place, a purposeful uh, offering, a, pur- a purposeful giving, uh, not something of grudgingness or of necessity. And then it says that when we give this way out of uh, purpose, out of honor, out of thankfulness, out of that kind of a heart, God gives us spiritual promises that he is able to make all grace abound towards us, that we have all sufficiency, having no need to require aid, or we're able to perform and do all the good works that we desire to do for God or that God wills for our life because of his sufficiency flowing through our lives. And the Bible also teaches that first there's the natural, then then there's the spiritual. And that's the faith life all the way. That we are, in one sense, a natural people. We have a spirit and a soul, and we live in this body. So the things that we do on the many cases first come from this natural place. And so when, when it says that things are first natural and then spiritual, there must be a an, natural act on our part uh, that we do what we can do and God does what we cannot do. So faith starts out that way. There must be that natural act of our faith and God does what we cannot do. This is what giving is all about. Giving in one sense practically is a natural thing that we're doing, but then there's this spiritual implication. There's that practical, but then there's the spiritual. So thank God for all of you who do support the ministry. And so at this time, let's pray together as we offer our gifts. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, and we worship you as we bring a tithe and offering. We thank you for the many promises that you have, and that you have given your people uh, in your word, that which you have spoken. We thank you for the windows of heaven open, your blessings being poured out upon us. You helping us overcome, Lord, all the wiles of the, of, of the enemy, that you raise up a standard against him, and that everything is working together for our good according to your purpose and promise. Because, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for helping us. We thank you for helping us with our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we had a little tef- technical difficulties there, so let's, uh, you know, let's come together here. We should see everybody connecting. Thank everybody for connecting. Tell your friends, your families, we're connecting here live uh, because of the uh, incl- inclement weather, the unpredicted inclement weather. I think we're getting, they, they were predicting between 6 to 12 inches out there. We had a little bit of audio technical di- difficulty, but, but we worked it out. 
Uh, but uh, today was supposed to have been our first day in our new facility. Uh, we were looking forward to that. Uh, but so we're definitely going to be postponing there. So the plans will be this coming Sunday. Let's just hope and pray that we don't get another big storm like this because um, when it snows like this for many, it's unsafe in the road conditions out there. So thank God that we have technology that we can still connect like we're connecting uh, because we know that uh, the church is the people, not in essence the facility. We thank God for the facility, this new facility we're about to to move in, we have moved into and that uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, use it to the the utmost to the glory of God. Well, let's just take a moment here and let's grab our Bibles and then I'm also going to have to pardon me. I may be, you know, have to blow my nose here and there, um, experiencing a, a little bit of the, the symptoms of congestion. But the Lord is my helper, and I thank God for healing uh, from, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. We thank God for healing. If there's anyone experiencing any type of physical element or uh, some type of sickness that's trying to consume your body, we just thank God for his word that says, that with his wound, with his stripes, we were healed. So let's pray together, and then let's make our good confession together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the life that you have given us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory and honor be to your name, for you are holy, you are high and lifted up. There is no other God who we serve. So Lord, as we, as a fellowship, as this local body, come together as we are consecrating ourselves before you taking these days and Lord turning, uh, you know, fasting and consecrating ourselves, setting our minds, Lord, uh, disciplining ourselves to set our minds on you uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to come together, even though, Lord, that when seasons like this or when it's difficult to go from uh, one place to another, we thank you for, it, uh, for this technology where we can come together and still connect and, Lord, uh, minister the word of truth, your word, Lord, and be blessed, Lord, uh, by, by your spirit, Lord, in this time. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We worship you. And so, so all those who are connecting with us from uh, one place of, this, uh, of the country to the other place of the country, whoever they may be, Lord, even that person who may be connecting that doesn't really have a, a, a right relationship with you and they're seeking you the, the truth for truth. So Lord, Holy, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Move and work and deal with us, oh Lord, deal with us. And I thank you for your living word and I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Come on, let's make a good confession or your device or wherever you have the scriptures and repeat after me and say, I believe the word of God. Come on, say it again. Say, I believe the word of God. Come on, shout it out again. Say, I believe the word of God. And it is changing my life. Oh, yes, it will if you let it. I want you to open your Bibles, please, this, this morning to Mark chapter 9. <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about the subject of right believing. In this new year, we're taking this time to take some days to consecrate ourselves. And you have to find that way as a follower of Jesus Christ to, uh, to, to discipline yourself or to, as, the, as Paul the apostle or the early church leaders and the believers, how they talked about 
how they buffered their bodies to bring it under, under subjection. <clears throat> and we have to learn as followers of Christ, if we are truly his, to learn how to live in the spirit as the Bible has instructed us and commands us and uh, for our benefit. And it, or it says, walk in the spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we talked about uh, last week about uh, uh, learning how to live a biblical quality life. And that's so important because as, as we see the days approaching, as scripture says, the days are evil before us. The, the world is becoming unhinged, especially in our nation. Never seen it you know, like this in our time, especially um, there's, there, you got this younger generation who only knows uh, you know, their time. And a lot of them don't, don't seek our research history or they, they don't um, acquire the, the knowledge of, about how things came about and how the, the world came about and how America came about. And, and, and they're not familiar with the days of old versus to the present. And most uh, young, the younger generation, the millennials, they live uh, by the moment. Uh, but for the most part, everyone, if, if what we're witnessing today, everyone has something to say, it seems. Everyone has an expression they want to give or everyone believes in something. And so I'm dealing with today the subject matter of right believing because whatever you believe in, it's really what's driving your life. It's really what is directing the direction you go in. And so let's, let's pick up here at Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and let's listen carefully to these powerful words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. Now, it's interesting the way Jesus said this. He said, if you can believe, in other words, if you can, if you can get to that place where you can believe. Now, we're going to talk about this verse because, you know, if we just pull it out of context, it, it, it can sound like to some, the way some are acting in the universal Christian church, that you can just believe in anything. No, there's a right kind of belief and a wrong kind of belief. And Jesus is saying here, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, all people believes in something, but not all believe the right things or believe right. It, there's a lot of believing going on, but not a lot of right believing. So we want to make sure that if we are professing and we're saying that we're ambassadors of Christ and that we're followers of Christ, that we are believing the right things, believing in the right things, or believing right or correctly. Now, I want to give this example uh, of what I'm talking about. Now, there was a, you know, we know the world is uh, functioning. We see the history and the formation and go back to Genesis and we see the, the formation of the way the, the world is today. And there, the, the world is driven by, you know, philosophers and science and, and so there's a pursuit. Now, philosophy and science, see, that's a pursuit of knowledge, a form of knowledge. I'm not saying necessarily truth. I'm just saying, you know, man-made, human wisdom, man's pursuit to try to understand truth, whether right or wrong. And there was, uh, back in those days, a, a, a known to the world, a, a great to the world, notice what I'm saying, to the world, a great philosopher, by the name of Aristotle, who taught at one time that heavier objects 
fall faster than lighter ones when their shape were the same. Now, and he taught this because he was a respected philosopher. Many in the world at that time believed that. But then another philosopher comes along by the name of Galileo, who proved that to be wrong. He proved, he actually debunked that, that, that philosophy or that science or what they thought was the truth. Now, the thing was that when he debunked it with clear evidence, the majority, there was still a lot of people, a lot of, you know, uh, educators at the time, a lot of uh, philosophers at the time, when they saw that truth, they refused to believe it. And this is the point I want to bring out because their belief in conventional knowledge was stronger than the truth. And this is what we're dealing with today. We can't, now we're, it's like it's permeating our media where people's belief in their conventional knowledge or let's say their conventional wisdom. And just because we, we prop someone up and we call them great in the world, hey, this is our great guy. This is our great female. This is our great leader. It's almost like uh, in the days of old when the children of Israel, they wanted a king like everybody else in the world. God, give us a king. We want a, we want a system. We, wanna, we want that person like everybody else in the world. But God was their king. And, but they're, they're, they, they had a pursuit more and they wanted something more of the conventional things in the earth. And you have to separate the two. That there is conventional knowledge. And there is conventional wisdom and conventional inspiration that is earthly, but is not heavenly from above. And so there's there. You see, we I think what's that what we're witnessing a lot, a lot from. And you got to be careful separating the wheat, wheat from the, the child is that a lot of times you get people in church who their entire faith walk or the, the, I need to rephrase it. Their entire Christian walk, per se is built upon conventional information or conventional wisdom. And this is why, one of the reasons why I believe the Lord is saying here, um, if you can believe, and, and can believe what? If you can believe the right thing, or if you can believe in the right things, all things are possible, not anything, but the right things. And so we got to be careful that when truth is presented, that we don't elevate conventional knowledge over it, especially when it's conventional uh, human knowledge or wisdom that contradicts truth or the truth. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> so rather than you know, people accepting the truth, they insisted in believing in the wrong information. That's what we're seeing right now. It's amazing how people have more of a tendency to believe a lie than the truth. And we are, we witness, we're witnessing this right now through our media, through our news outlets. And that if we would just take the time and research information ourselves, and, and, and don't give in to propaganda rhetoric, because we, we as followers of Christ, we shouldn't be uh, building our belief system off of propaganda and rhetoric. Our belief should be formulating into right, the right perceptions and the right perspectives and the right things are believing right. And that, is, that should be fed and developed by the Holy Spirit and by the, the word of God, the living truth. Come on, come on, somebody help me out and say amen. So we don't, we don't want to be like the world in that sense. This is what we have to be renewed from. 
and, and grow from and not be from. So that when we are sitting down in fellowship in Cornelia, and that when we come together and we are uh, uh, and, and our similes are when we're out in the marketplace and we're around the social uh, the, the systems out there and we're engaging in the world that we, we that we are coming our discussions and how we talk and how we interact with one another and other people, especially those who are without. We're coming from the right place. Heavenly knowledge. Woo, glory to God. Heavenly wisdom, not moving merely from the lower, the lower uh, state of human wisdom and human knowledge. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, let's look over at John chapter 3 and, and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees by the name of Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, <clears throat> We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Now, again, Nicodemus was a, a great, uh, one of the great leaders of his day. He was a teacher of the Pharisee, well-versed, supposedly, in the you know, the scriptures and the Old Testament, etc., the law. And he comes to Jesus and says, we know that you're a teacher from God. But Jesus responds to him and says, but unless one is born again, unless there is a, a shift, a change in the person where they no longer, in, in a sense, think based upon human wisdom, uh, uh, human knowledge, they can't see the kingdom. And this is what Christ is telling him. He's telling us that there is no benefit that comes from the kingdom unless there's a change of spiritual equivalence. There has to be a, a, a change of equivalence spiritually to be in sync with the kingdom. Unless that, that happens, there's no benefit from the kingdom to the person. And see, again, this, again it's, it kind of debunks kind of a lot of the free form stuff that's going on today. You know, just, you know, uh, we can just believe what we want, do what we want. As long as long as we says, have said, has said, you know, yes to Jesus and Lord, forgive me of my sins. And we, we, and we just go out and we engage just like in the world. Now, again, to talk like this, I will be accused of being a fundamentalist. I'll be accused of being not in sync with, with the time. I'll be accused of, be, uh, you know, all, you know, things have changed. We're in the New Testament era, era and the Old Testament has become obsolete. We'll see, uh, which is all not supported by scripture because Jesus is saying right here is that unless there's a equivalent spiritual change, which is the new birth, there's no benefit from the kingdom. So to begin to be, to benefit from the kingdom of God, one must experience a spiritual change. In one way here, Jesus is calling it the new birth experience. And it's not just having that experience. It's experience that you experience a lifetime. When you're born in a human sense, you, you just don't experience being a baby. Matter of fact, most people or mostly anybody that I know cannot remember their baby time. <laughs> you can't, they can't remember being in that wound. 
Uh, and so, so when you're born, you just don't stay there as a bear. That experience of life is not just a baby experience. You experience childhood, you experience your, your, your youth and, and your adult life. So it is when someone is born again and they have that, that spiritual dynamic, that change that happens in your life. We should be changing, growing from a baby state spiritually to a, a child, to a youth spiritually, to adult life spiritually. And, and, and make it and being an impact for the living our, our lives out well, pleasing to the most high. Come on. Somebody say, amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Help me out there. And so, so he's telling them there has to be that equip that equivalent there unless there are a bit of, and this is why I think there's even a lot of people who come to church who are not benefiting from the blessing of the kingdom. See, we are a kingdom people. The Bible talks about how seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall, shall be added to, will be added to you. What things? If you read in the context, the things that the Gentiles seek after. Because the world, see, in their conventional ways, they're seeking after, you know, the American dream, the, you know, this dream and that dream. There, there are people leaving other countries try to, you know, trying to come into this country because maybe they don't like their country and they want to come into this country. And, uh, but we don't see a lot of people want to leave this country and go into other countries. For the most part, people like living in this country. See, there's conventional things. But the Bible says those who can, can seek who will seek the things of God. See, he says, I will add things to you. I'd rather experience getting things that way than me exerting my whole life trying to get a thing. And that's a great promise we have there in scripture. Now let's look at another passage of scripture because we're dealing with the subject matter, right? Believing. Are we believing right? So we need to do it as we're in this time, checking up on our believing is our thoughts correct. Are we thinking the right thoughts? Do we have the right presence of mind about that matter? Do we have the right presence of mind about gender? Do we have the right presence of mind about marriage? Do we have the right mindset about who we are, you know, as a person? Do we have the right mindset about race? There, there, there are many still today or in, in, in the history of the world, we can see even trace back biblically um, uh, racism and prejudice in the scripture that uh, how people will say, well, because of one's color of the skin, one is superior than the other. That <laughs> what 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 a deception, what a, what a lie that someone can can believe. See, we got to have the right belief about everything. And then when you encounter people who have the wrong kind of belief. And notice how I gave the example, and you have to deal with people today because they fall in that category. There, there are many who are, who are believing in the wrong thing, and they believe it. You know, it's the blind leading the blind, Jesus said. It's the, they're deaf, they hear, but they do not hear. They're deaf in their spiritual hearing. And, and they believe the lies that, that are uh, given to them, uh, you know, portrayed to them. And so you have to know how to, you know, walk towards those people and be a light towards them. Some of them will be able to uh, influence and some uh, we will not be. But you can't be that person who gets influenced by the lie. And if if we do, uh, then there's something wrong in the heart and in the way we think. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. For who among, who among men knows the things of man except the man's spirit within him? You see that? Listen to uh, what scripture is saying. Who among men knows the things of men except the man's spirit within him? So too, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, this is, again, very key scripture in what I'm talking about. Laying out and, and proving out by truth here in scripture of the things that I'm saying. That there's a difference between conventional knowledge, conventional wisdom that derives from mankind. And to that and to mankind or, or to that man, it may be true to him. It may be a reality in, in his mind or her mind to them. But see, there's a difference between, you know, that that derives from the earthly side than that which is from God. And this is the, the point I make. See, we don't know the things of God unless God reveals it by his spirit. And sometimes the audacity of mankind. The audacity of us today, in our, especially in America, the arrogance of how, we, how people get out and they're pompous and they, they speak boldly as if, you know, I'm, I'm the mouth of God. Well, 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 you're not the mouth of God, if you, especially if you're speaking against, you know, God's word. You're speaking against the truth or the mind of God. And so this is very key that only God knows the things of God and, and they are revealed to us by the spirit of God. So if you're not connected, see, it goes back to what it says over in John. Unless you have a spiritual equivalent of change, you cannot benefit from the kingdom. Because everything about the Most High and everything we deal with Him is spiritual. Because the spiritual is the real thing. It's more real than this table. See, God's more real than this table. See, he's more real than my right hand. See, the spiritual things are more real than the things we, we call real. See, there's a real behind the real. <laughs> and just because you don't see everything doesn't mean, you know, it's not true or it's not there. Come on, somebody say amen. So, and then verse 12, it says, Now we, ha now we have not received the things, now, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So it, now we should be. Is that we should not have received the spirit from the world, but of God. If we have been born again and we had that spiritual equivalent of change, then our spirit should not is not of the world, but of God. So we should not be moving out of a worldly spirit. So don't so don't downplay. Oh, you know, don't don't talk about that worldliness. You don't have to tell me about that. You don't have to tell me about sin. I know I'm not supposed to sin. Is that the excuse we're going to make that we, why we're not going to at, at times when need be exhort the body, exhort uh, people to not live in sin because they know not to live in sin. So we don't need to mention it from our pulpits. We don't need to mention it from our platforms. We don't need to talk about hell because people know that they go to hell. Well, what? See, that's conventional wisdom. That's a conventional human um, conclusion but it's contrary to the mind of God because the scriptures is the guide. The Holy Spirit is the guide. So we need to let this rule. We need to let God's word rule. We need to let the spirit of God rule and reign in our churches and in our homes and in our lives. See, so, so that, see, when we do that, see, our believing will be on point. It will be right. And I, I like to say that 
when you don't have the Holy Spirit involved in the, in, in the intellect of the person or mankind, then things like evolution and other, uh, you know, binary genderless philosophies and, 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 and words are spewed out and knowledge is spewed out. And we have, so, you know, we have universities who, who has the, the, the crown on them to be called, uh, you know, what they call elite universities or, uh, you know, the top university or, uh, you know, and they, they have a name for it, whatever that name is. And they, they, they rank themselves in this category and they're spewing out all kinds of knowledge and information that is completely con- contrary to the things of God. Because only God knows the things of God and we only come to know them by his spirit. And let's look at the next verse 13. And we speak about these things, not with words taught by human wisdom. There it is. You know, as they say, oops, there it is. <laughs> see, there it is right there. See, we see and, and we got a lot of of ministers or people. I mean, there's a lot of people today self-promoting themselves as ministers or pastors and and a teacher of the Bible. And a lot of times it's because they got a problem with authority themselves. They, they got a problem with being a, a spiritual team player and uh and they want to they, they, they just want to be out front and be the uh, top of the food chain, if you want to say. And so they they want to start their own church and they're going to find out real fast that it's not easy to start a church and to pastor a church and to you know uh, lead a ministry in these last days. You can't do it unless God called you to do it. Now, granted, you know, some people are inspired by the wrong kind of spirit. And they got a bunch of money. They got a bunch of wealth. And boy, they can go out and, and start a church and treat it like a business and build up this big machine of, uh, you know, a shell of a church and have, you know, attract a lot of people, bring in the right kind of people to help it grow and just pump a lot of money into it. You can do it that way. Uh, but with a, is the spirit of God going to be involved in that? Because there's a difference now. Follow me. Track with me spiritually. We talk about right belief. There's a difference between conventional wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And this is what verse 13 says, that when we speak of these things, we should be speaking them, teaching them by the spirit of God, not out of human wisdom, but with those, it says, but with those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. So this is why sometimes when you talk about spiritual things, people, you get that, you know, that deer in headlights, like what in the world? Are you talking about? And, 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 and for some, they get vehemently angry because it's contrary to their spirit. And don't, don't uh, take it too personal and take offense with it. Yes, I know it's, it's, it's that sometimes that stirring, like in the days of David, when he heard that Goliath uh, defying the, the God and the armies of God's army uh, in Israel. He says, who is this? uncircumcised Philistine to find the Lord I got. And he wanted to go and just take him out. See, I, I go through that all the time. So that's, that's, I said, that's natural. That's spiritually natural to, to really have that type of, uh, you know, that feeling sometimes when you look out the world, say, what in the world is going on? They can't, surely they can't believe the things that they're saying, but see, Jesus warned us. These are the last days. It's going to, things going to get darker, but praise be the God. The church, it's getting lighter. Are you getting lighter and stronger as a believer? Believer, is your is your believing right? Are you believing in the right things? And notice again, I'm speaking very general, believing in the right things. 
but I always have to put in there this phrase, this is a practical phrase because this is one of the dominant things that sets people down the wrong, wrong path. Are you believing the right things about politics? See, about uh, what's going on today in our times, that right now politics is dominating, uh, what's happening with our government, concerning our leader, concerning our president of the United States. See, are, are you taking up the rhetoric and the, and the, 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 uh, the talk and the, the, the views of the world? See, the Bible, let, let me let you in on something, how we should think about our president. It doesn't matter who is the president. It says that we are to you know, uh, honor those who are in positions of authority. It doesn't say you have to like everything. I, I can't think of one president that I liked 100%. <laughs> You know, but it, but if any president walked in a room, you know, I have to, you know, I would have to show honor and see. I, and I have to watch my tongue. See, let's learn something from David. David, the Saul tried to kill David. Saul was trying to murder David. I mean, relentlessly murder him. And boy, you talking about a bad leader who deserved to be talked down, uh, who had a problem. And uh, but still, David says, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. He watched what he said about, and even, even in his death, he wouldn't allow people around him. What matter of fact, a man died coming in thinking he was going to get brownie points with David saying, Hey, I took out your enemy and, and, and he lost his life instead. See, we, we have a lot to learn, but what happens is when we are giving ourselves over to human wisdom, see, then we begin to say the wrong things. See, uh, we should have the right perspective. And I think a lot, see, in every time, in every season, we should know that we should have God's mind on it so that our mind will be correct, our hearts will be correct, and our mouths will be correct. Somebody say amen. Let's look at verse 14. The unbeliever does not receive the things of the Spirit. There it is. I got to do it again. I have to, I have to do that thing again. Oops, there it is. <laughs> See, there it is again. Oops, there it is. Right there. Oh, I didn't know that was there. Yes, unbelievers do not receive the things of the Spirit. So let me say to all of the believers out there in this country, in the world, stop acting like an unbeliever. And we have to make sure that we're believing the right things because unbelievers do not receive the things of the Spirit, period. That's, that's, that's the way it is. And so, uh, you know, some people just will move and shift and they, they cater to environments that um, that's going to cater to their their type of belief. For me, I, I gave that up. You know, the day I met Jesus Christ, I surrendered. <laughs> I surrender all. I surrender all. And it takes a lifetime to surrender all to him. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Help. Help me. Even if you're in that place like that one who asked the Lord to heal his son, he said, Lord, he said, Jesus, do you believe that I can do this? He said, Lord, help my unbelief. So you say, Lord, help my unbelief. So you got to learn to surrender to him. I'm not saying surrender to a man, to a system. Surrender to the most high. Surrender to his Holy Spirit. The, un- the unbeliever does not receive the things of the spirit for they are foolishness uh, to, uh, to him or her. And, and he or she cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And unless you are setting your mind to, to, to open yourself 
to, to, to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Notice going back to John, unless there's a spiritual, spiritual equivalence of change, there's no benefit of the kingdom. You cannot discern how to live a kingdom life without the Holy Spirit, because no one knows the things of the spirit except the spirit of God. That's why he's called the great teacher. He's our advocate. Hallelujah. He's our comforter. He is the one whom Jesus said would lead us and guide us into all truth. See, people's believing is off because they're not in relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, if, if you're in the right relationship with God, thereby with Jesus Christ, thereby with the Holy Spirit. See, if your, your relationship is right with God, then the Holy Spirit evades your life. Woo! Glory to God. See, hallelujah. See, he... He, he should be ruling and reigning in our life. And, and the battle is ruling over our flesh, bringing our flesh under, under subjection so that the Holy Spirit can, t- can take control and help me uh, benefit and live the way I'm supposed to live. I'm, I am part of the household of faith. I'm part of the family of God. It is my destiny. You know, I believe that, that I was... Uh, pre, uh, uh, pre-known, foreordained to be part of the kingdom of God. And now I'm, I'm, I'm learning to walk out my destiny, preparing for my eternal, my eternal life, eternal home. So don't just live for today. Don't just live for tomorrow. Don't just live for what the earth has to offer. Because, see, this world is passing away. See, we, we're, we should be living and preparing and learning how to live life and enjoy it the way God wants us to enjoy it and live it because we're living for that which is to come. That's the ultimate. That's our eternal life that's, that's promised to us. Come on, say, say amen. Verse 15, the one who is spiritual discerns all things, not some things, but all things. And, but you can't have it both ways. See, you see, it's, it's amazing. See, a lot of, see, you got, we got to be careful because Human knowledge or conventional as the scriptures use this human wisdom as it uses in 13 human wisdom. So you have to be careful because a lot of times human wisdom can mimic itself or seem as if it's Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit speaking or it's spiritual wisdom. It, it, it's, it's familiar. It can become familiar. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's an inspiring work of of uh, demonic activity itself in the human life, uh, uh, infusing the human wisdom to speak things in the earth because we know words are powerful. So uh, we begin to speak things that are contrary to the truth because it's, it's familiar, it's very close, and it sounds like the truth, but it's not the truth, it's human wisdom. And, and one of the biggest guides for us to confirm that if we are saying things that contradict the scripture in any way, it's either just a downright human error, but or or it's demonically influenced. Especially if we're if we refuse to change when the truth is pre- presented to us, when it's proven out. Because I believe from Genesis to Revelation, see this is the foundation here. This is the God. God gave us the written word to help us so that we have a guide to 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 judge you know, things by and with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth helps us. Come on, say amen to that. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord? Tell me, somebody please tell me who has known the mind of the Lord. So as to advise him, 
<laughs> Boy, so uh, sometimes you see people they are uh, now with the internet and and all with everything that people are talking like they advise the Lord. Now tell me who has advised the Lord? There's no one. There's no one who's who advises the Lord. See, so we we should all be the most hum- humble people. So here here's a here's a statement, a point I have for you. The natural man, the natural person, must become a spiritual person. So if you are a Christian, I, this you got to watch out for this modern, conventional wisdom type of teaching, inspired teaching in the churches today, because the requirement, the this is essential. This is nothing new. This is uh, the essential. This is part of the core that when you have a spiritual change, when you are born again, when you enter into the kingdom, Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless a person is born again, they cannot even see, discern, comprehend, benefit from the kingdom. Unless a natural person becomes a spiritual person. See, they are incapable of receiving or understanding the the kingdom of God, the things of God. And this is why the, the scripture says we need the Holy Spirit to help us come to Christ. We need the Holy Spirit who helps us. He's called the great helper. He's the helper, the big H, you know, sent from God. Jesus said, I will send you the comforter, the helper. See, he's the one who helps me to live a spiritual life versus a natural life. Yes, we are supposed to be living a spiritual life. You have to learn what that means. You have to walk that out. And you know what? Fortunately, you're part of a church you have where you're being told and taught how to do that. Come on, say amen. And, and with the Holy Spirit who helps us along the way. So he helps us how to live out this spiritual life and the benefits of the kingdom. This is why we need a spiritual change that's bought only by him. He can only wrought that. So it's not just about saying, Lord, I, Lord, forgive me of my sins. It starts there. Acknowledging that you're a sinner, you know, that you need to, that, that you're a sinner, that you need salvation. You need forgiveness of your sin. Acknowledging God, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that God sent you as a, as his son to die for my sins. It says starts there. And you really having that conviction at the hearing of the gospel and you repenting of your sins and, and you accepting, allowing the Holy Spirit to come make that transformation, that, that uh, born again experience, birthing it in your life. And then you begin to walk that out all the days of your life until we see him face to face and embrace him. And see, when someone is genuinely walking that out, see, they will have so that when we meet, so let's say we never met, let's say if we never met. And when we meet, see, if we truly have the spirit of God, we're going to be in sync together on the truth. Now, we may not be in sync together about what's the best color. <laughs> you know, that, you know, I, you know the whole, I don't see the Holy Spirit, you know, get involved in that. What's the best? I said, you, I may like blue, you may like pink. You know, we, we may, hey, I think the best color is blue. You say, well, I think the best color is pink. We may not agree on that, but see, we should be of the same mind on the truth. We should all be on the same mind. Let's, you know, like, again, let me say it, like marriage, what marriage is, what gender is, et cetera. We can go down the line. We should be all on the same line uh, on the matters of truth and what is right and righteousness. Somebody help me out and say, amen. So also and with that, the soul must be renewed. And this is what it talks about in Romans 12, how to renew our minds. 
with the word of God, that we may be, present ourselves a living sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23, you can look there. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. Come on, let's look there. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, the mind, see, the core of your mind must change. The spirit of your mind it has to be renewed. And that's where I think when, and now track with me here spiritually here, and as we listen to this verse, connecting it to Romans 12. See, it says, it says renew our minds in Romans 12. I, according to what we're reading here in the context, so that then when people's thinking is way off, now I'm not talking about um, sometimes we may have the wrong thought based upon we, because we heard something, we believe something, then we realize, oh, you know what, that, that was wrong and we correct it. I'm talking about when it's a stronghold. They believe this thought of, about a thing or a matter. And it, and it affects their emotion and, that, and they're just refusing to change their belief. Well, I, I believe, especially I'm talking about when it's contrary to truth, to God's word, there's something, they see there's, there's something wrong with their spiritual state then. They need to be renewed in the spirit of their mind. And when you truly get born again, see, see that's where that renewal process starts. Come on, somebody help me out. So be renewed in the spirit of your, of, of your mind. And then verse 24, and that you put on the new man or the new woman or the new person, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the, if you want to say the Christian persona, not all this other stuff that we see in the modern time, this reshaping of what Christianity should be. Hey, it's this, you know, all these different it's this, you know, it looks like this. No, it looks like this. It looks like Ephesians 4 and 23. Someone being renewed in the spirit of their mind and they putting on the new person, which is true in righteousness and holiness. So we should be living out the, uh, the, the persona of Christianity as righteousness and holiness. Let's add another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Are you, are you, all, are you staying conscious out there? Now, okay, are you conscious? Come on, stay conscious. As we are in the comfort zone of home, you should be really conscious right now in the comforts of your home. And then in, in a little while, we've got to get out there and shovel that, that snow, which I am not looking forward to. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. So the, this self, this, see this, is perishing. The earth, the world is passing away. So we don't lose heart. Because even though the outward man is perishing. See, I'm not the young man that I used to be. I am getting older. If you didn't know it or not, I used to have hair. <laughs> like maybe some of you out there. See, but, see but, but, but because this is perishing, our outer self is perishing and it's growing old. See, we don't lose heart even though our outward man, our outward person, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day or should be. This is part of what taking this time of consecration, where our inward man, our inward person, our inward self, the inward man is being renewed. How do you renew the inward, inward man? With, with philosophy? No. With, with a bunch of knowledge that's out there? No. Well, yeah, with the right knowledge. So you want to feed on the right information, spiritual information. 
the kind of information that the Spirit of God reveals. See, the right information, you know, right here, this found in this, you should devour Scripture over and over again, over again. That's the part of the discipline you want to work on this year to devour Scripture, to read through it, to read through it again, and to read through it, to listen to it over and over again. You know, at times, checking yourself, you know, turning off the TV sometimes, and well, now we say the Internet, and where you're not entertaining yourself, because the, the flesh, it's just the flesh. The flesh does not want to read, yes, our flesh, we don't have special flesh. It does not want to read the Word of God. I heard a story uh, from a man a long time ago. He was, he was talking about how he was determined to discipline himself to read the word and study the word. And so he would go into his bathroom and stand on the edge of his bathtub. Now, this was extreme. I, I don't know if I, I, I could do this you know, without falling off. But he would stand on the edge of his bath, uh, bathtub and, and discipline himself to read the word. He would sit there and read the word and read the word. Well, to, he turned out to be you know, a national Bible teacher. Uh, but he talked about that's how he started. And I, I know another uh, a man, he was uh, a pastor uh, that I, I met a long time ago when, when I was in California where, uh, you know, he, he was pastoring and he was still working out in the marketplace. But when he was out in the marketplace, uh, he would sit his Bible uh, uh, beside him and he would just begin to read and memorize. And he actually memorized the entire book of Ephesians and was able to recite it word for word. Now, that's that's tremendous. That's, and that's, that's dedicated. So I want to just exhort you, encourage you to, you know, uh, pursue. I mean, you, you, you pursue the word. You, you go after it. You, you renew and feed your inward man uh, so that you're renewing yourself day by day and just read through the word. You meditate. You study the word. You read to it. So a lot of times, a lot of times, see, because we're undisciplined and we give into our flesh and, um, you know, in our daily lives, we don't realize that, see, if you've been paying attention, that that's our answer. If we, it says the spiritual person knows all things. They will know all things. So you just got to get into the spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, spend some time in prayer. See, that's the solution. You're having a difficulty. You're, being, you're, you're becoming overwhelmed emotionally. Come, you got to pause. You got to, you know, okay, hey, let me draw away to a place in my, my home and spend some time with God. You know, learn to pray in the spirit. Obviously, it's different than praying with your understanding. So you got to learn to pray in, in the spirit. So it's obviously different praying with your understanding. So notice the contrast. It, it says pray in the spirit and with, with your understanding. So there's a difference. So uh, and we won't get into that uh, subject today. But there is obviously a difference where you, can, you have to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, catch them. When you're out in the marketplace, you're out there working. So you have a consciousness, have a presence of mind where you're constantly communing, communing with the Holy Spirit, communing with God, checking yourself, judging yourself, dealing with your thoughts. And, and, I, and, and again, I like to interject this. See, I learned this. The Holy Spirit taught me this in my early stage of uh, when, I, when I entered into the kingdom of God, when I became a, a uh, follower of Christ and surrendered my life to him. And it's taken me a lifetime to learn how to walk uh, his way. But one of the things he taught me is uh, about renewing the, my, my mind is to not allow my thoughts to be just haphazardly 
thinking on a bunch of natural things all the time. And so it was a deliberate act where I would take my thoughts, I would capture them. Let's just, just say something general, a dog running through the grass, you know, you pop, something pops into your mind that because you saw an image, you watch some program or something, then that image and that information starts to try to play out in your mind or you want to think about it and you start pondering. So you have to learn how to not spend your entire days thinking about a bunch of different natural things. So what I started to learn, do by, by the teaching, by the Holy Spirit teaching me, is I started to take those thoughts and replacing them with heavenly things. And so let's say if it was a dog running through the grass, I'd say, you know, I, 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 I'll replace it with praise and worship. Uh, so in my mind, in my thoughts, I was making and disciplining my thoughts to be th thinking at some level and meditating at some level on the things of God. So it, it, it would have been for hours. Lord, I worship you. I praise your holy name. Now this, I'm just kind of just kind of giving you some voice to what would go go on in my thoughts. Lord, I bless your name for your holy glory and honor be to you. And I would constantly just repeatedly over and just different various things as as I was growing spiritually on how to commune with God and how to speak to God and praise his, praise Him and to give Him thanks. Or, or it, it can be a passage of scripture where you're meditating on that and you, you're allowing your thoughts. You said, well, how, how in the world did you do that and get your work done? Well, see, that's the thing. It made me sharper. Made me, it made me more um, a quality worker. Uh, it, it made me more in tune because remember, the person who is spiritually minded knows all things. So, so, and so I, I like to say this too, that when you walk in the spirit, the more you walk in the spirit, the spirit of God in you working through you will also develop skills you may not have ever had. So a lot of the skills that I'm, I'm using today, even that benefits me in the marketplace out there is a result of what the Holy Spirit developed in my life. Come on, say amen. Praise God. And see, and this is something that uh, the, the scripture here giving us insight that, that, that uh, you have to learn and see a value more than the flesh and see a value more than what you can ever do in just a fleshly realm versus learning how to move in the spiritual realm in this natural life, learning how to be spiritual in this natural life. And so ver, uh, Colossians chapter three, verse 10. Let's look at this. I tell you what, there's, I, I have, I'm going to share a few more verses because I, I mean, I can keep going uh, <laughs> and keep going and keep going, but I'm going to share a few more on, on this, this subject matter, right belief or believing in the right thing. Colossians chapter three and verse 10 and have, and have put on the new person, the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Now here's, again, you have to be careful because there are a lot of uh, books that are written out there, books based on the Bible. You know, you know there's a lot of uh, very intellectual and very blessed in the mind, if you want to say, or people whose mind, who's uh, extremely uh, stimulated and, and who have the ability to comprehend of things in this realm, uh, uh, and they write books, and, and they may say many of things that are true, but books are not a substitute for God's word. Now, I'm, a av I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate about reading good books that are based upon you know, good information and uh, truths and, 
and knowledge, but you have to be careful. You have to be mature to read, spiritually mature to read certain books. And so there's, and when I'm researching and, and I'm studying out of things, sometimes I, you know, I may, you know, cr- cross reference to see the mindset of maybe certain things. I wouldn't necessarily recommend someone reading that book. They may not be spiritually mature enough to read something like that and then not having an effect themselves and the, to decipher between the two. So you got to be careful because it says here and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge, not any kind of knowledge, but according to the image of him. So that's how the new man is renewed, not with anything else, but the things concerning Christ, the image of him. If it's not in that image, if it's not, you know, based upon the foundation of his word, then so we got to be careful that we, we accept it in as a pillar of truth in our inward man, because if, if we don't, we'll, then that will begin to guide our beliefs. This is why I believe there are some who believe it's off and wrong and the wrong, and the wrong things, and they believe it's right. They may believe, okay, this, they may believe, you know, this over here, right, uh, biblically, but see, this thing that's more uh, in the line of their ambitions, and they find a way to justify it and call it this is God. This is a biblical truth. We got to be careful of that. It's a deception. It's a trap that the enemy leads uh, people down when they're living in their flesh, professing to know Christ. So be careful of that. And, le- and, and listen, come on, stay conscious and listen to this verse. I'm going to read it again. It said, and have put on. See, it's a work, a consequence. You have put on like this garment, this, like a, this garment, this jacket. I put this jacket on today. I had to put it on if I was going to wear it. I couldn't just let it hang in my closet and say, well, you know, that's a nice jacket. Um, it, 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 you know, it looks nice to, to me. It may not look nice to you, but it, it looks nice. But see, I had to go and put it on. So you have to put on that new person who is renewed in the knowledge of according to the image of him. So that's what's going to be renewing in your life. Not anything else. So here, let me give you some points. It is necessary that a person should be renewed in order to be saved and benefit from the kingdom. So a person has to be renewed, born again, in order to be saved and benefit from the kingdom. Also, secondly, it is proper to exhort Christians and believers everywhere to be renewed. So it's proper today in modern time to exhort believers and say, hey, you got to renew, you got to be renewed uh, in your inward man uh, with, uh, with the image of Christ, with his word. Uh, and don't be so worldly now. Don't, don't be worldly. Don't be sinful, but live in righteousness and holiness. So it is proper, proper to exhort Christians everywhere to be renewed and to be uh, renovated to, or as it says, my strength is renewed like the eagles to be renewed and renovated every day. Come on, somebody help me out. Also, here's another point uh, that it is the matter of obligation on our part to re- to be renewed. So after reading this verse, it's a matter of obligation. We're obligated in this. This is not up for debate uh, because, oh, we're in a different era now. Things have known. No, it doesn't matter what era we're in. It's an obligation that we are to be renewed. We are bound to this, bound to that spiritual renovation on a regular basis. And here's another point that, that we have, that we know according to scripture, we can't say that well, it's just too hard. I can't. No, we have the sufficient ability by the Holy Spirit to change from one condition, from the old condition to the new condition. See, we have 
the sufficient ability. We have more than enough. Come on. Woo. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have more than enough. See, God is sufficient. We don't, we don't need anything more than Christ. We have everything that we need to, 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 to change the condition, to change from the old to the new by God's help, by the spirit of God. And so why is this essential then to renew my mind? Why is it important? Well, Romans 8, let's look there. Got a few more scriptures for you here. Romans 8, verse 6. I may end around here, just depends. <laughs> Glory to God. Romans 8, verse 6. For the outlook of the flesh is death. Why is it essential that the mind be renewed? Because the outlook of the flesh is death. <laughs> but the outlook of the spirit is life and peace. See, because the world is passing away. See, and if the world, if America does not change its mind and get out of the flesh, it's in result. That's it. It says it's going to be death. See, it, now, again, this is, you know, I'm, I'm an American. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm, I was born in this country. Um, you know, I, I, and I'm an American citizen. I'm thankful for that. But see, but we know that if we study history, and where America has been, a, was, has been a blessed country, but they have turned away from God. We can't deny the fact, even though they want to deny it today, that the forefathers who came to, to birth this nation, they weren't perfect. They had issues. But their, core, their reasons were so that they can come and have the freedom to break out of our monarch who was trying to dictate on how they should believe and how they should worship. And they wanted the freedom to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the birth of this nation. Now, they may be off that today, but that was the foundation of this nation. This is why you see it in the Constitution of the United States in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when we, how they used to say, anno, da, 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 you know, that, that phrase, uh, in the year of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, uh, how we see in God we trust on our money. See, because the early, the early day, the Bible was taught in the school. That was the part of the core curriculum in the education of educating society. Today, yes, we are so far off that principle. And so if we look at history from the times, if we go all the way back to the times of the Babylonian reign and rule the, uh, during those eras to uh, look at the nations who ruled to the times of King Alexandria that was prophesied and predicted in Scripture that he was going to come. There, to the Roman Empire. To you know, uh, to Genghis, you know, from Genghis Khan and, and all those times. Where are they today? Because every nation, every time, every season, when their moral compass got broken, when they when they got so far off the truth and the things of God, it was the end of that era. And see, that's where this era is. It's getting so far off the things of God. It is becoming so defiant. It is becoming so corrupt. And if we're, if we're not careful, see, this is why we need to renew our minds. Because we don't, the, the end result, when, so, when, when it's not done, is death. In verse 7, it says, because the outlook of the flesh is hostile to God. Woo! You see that? It's hostile. That's why there's all these vehement arguments when truth comes up. It's hostile. It's very violent uh, to God. For it does not submit to the law of God. So you see that there? Nor is it able to do so. So stop trying to make it. Stop trying to get people to bend who are hostile to the truth of God. Because you can't make them submit. 
All you can do is sow a seed, uh, water a seed, declare the truth, and keep it moving. Come on, say amen. So when it talks about here in these verses, the context, when you look at like the original uh, language, it's using the term, because uh, I, I read for the for the outlook. Now, you, when I read those verses, you may be reading from a different translation, and it may be different in that translation, because uh, I was reading it from, reading it in a way of how it uh, was trying to, the expression of the original writings in the context. So when it's talking about the outlook, it is actually talking about the, like that Greek um, understanding of our mindset, our, our way of thinking that, that this verse is, is, is putting forth, especially in verse 7, because the outlook of the flesh, or we could say the way of thinking of the flesh, or the mindset of the flesh is hostile towards God. And this is why you got to be very careful with this, the way you talk politically. This thing, because that's where, and if we want to say in a, in a natural sense, in our social norms, in our society today, people get very hostile and very, very violent in their talking and their behavior when it comes down to that. And as a follower of Christ, you, you need to watch out for that. Be very careful. You should be, it shouldn't be even moving you in your, in your emotions that way. What should be moving you is the Holy Spirit, righteousness, and the, and the inspiration that comes from, the, from, the, from above. Turn to Galatians here. Turn to Galatians. Come on, stay conscious with me there. Stay conscious. You know, see, we, don't, we don't have to rush. You know, we don't have to rush out of the building. You know, thank God for our new building. We don't have to break up and sit down anymore like we were when we were in the school. So we have to rush out. And, and we're here in a conference of our home. So we, you know, we can take our time. We can go for four more hours. No, just kidding. I won't go for four more hours. I'm, I'm going to end here shortly. <laughs> and here it is. I can be going four hours and I'll be the only one still, you know, here. I don't care. Everybody has broke away and went and had brunch. And well, you should be fasting at this time. So maybe your fast type of meal. Here is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Again, I'm reading from a different translation. This, this translation I'm reading, it kind of really expresses some of the context Greek meanings. But I say, live by the Spirit. See, that's how we live out in right believing. Because if you don't live, if you don't learn to walk in the spirit, your believing is going to be off in things. And I, I like that verse that says that when someone, when, when, we're, when we're spiritually minded, you see, see it says we know, we'll know what we need to know. We'll know things. We'll know all things. But I say to you, live by the spirit and you, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh has desires that are opposite to the spirit. And the spirit has desires that are opposite to the flesh for these are in opposition to each other so that you cannot do what you want. So, <laughs> so the, so the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit is opposing the flesh. See the inclinations and the desires of the flesh are contrary to those of the spirit. So all everything about the flesh, not some things I know we got, Pretty flesh. <laughs> we think our, our inclinations are pretty, are beautiful. They're sacred. My beliefs are sacred. See, even when I'm speaking and teaching and preaching, I'm always coming from this posture of humility. 
because we all see from a glass, uh, gla- see through a glass darkly. And I know that I could not speak about the things of God unless the Holy Spirit enables me to s- and speak about them. So, so even even when I'm, you know, you know, we, we got to be careful. No matter how long we we, you know, I, I know I'm called and I'm I'm called to be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. We always have to stay in that posture of humility because without the Spirit of God, we're just uh, you know a, 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 a shell of flesh that would be doomed. So we have to learn to draw against and to the Holy Spirit because we know the flesh is, is contrary. It lusts against the Spirit. It's jealous against the Spirit. So all of his inclinations and desires of the flesh are contrary to the Spirit. And that's why we, we see a lot of nonsense that goes on in the universal church. I mean, a lot of different nonsense, some of the most weirdest things. And, and the people from the outside probably think, man, these people are weird. <laughs> Well, in one sense, they don't understand the things of the spirit, but on the other sense, there, are, there, there, there is a lot of carnal and weird things going on in church. So we have to draw away in the opposite direction. We want to feed on the things of the spirit. I'm going to give you one more verse here. We want to feed on the things of the spirit and draw towards the things of the spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us God's way, uh, God's way versus the, the, the carnal nature, because the carnal nature wants to rule and take over. We must allow the Spirit of God to lead us God's way and produce in us and to help us uh, be renewed in the spirit of our mind, to, to renew the way we think about all matters so that when we are connecting and speaking, we are on the same um, link, and that's the mind of God. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Turn there, Titus ch- chapter 3, verse 5. Um, I said that was my, my last verse. Well, one more verse I'll add. I'll add to that. It says, Titus 3, verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That word regeneration means uh, we have been regenerated spiritually. It's talking about the rebirth, the new birth, the spiritual renovation that happens in our life, not by works of self-doing, but it's by works of his by his mercy, through his grace, he washed us. We're being regenerated by the Spirit of God. And, and the Bible says so that we are supposed to be, we're supposed to put on that new man, allowing the Holy, the Holy Spirit to bring about in us that spiritual change, uh, bringing us from the old into the new, where we are becoming spiritually fit, that we are spiritually fit, not only to enter the kingdom, but to live in the kingdom. So you have to be spiritually fit to live in the kingdom of God. The principal way of living, the way and the life one have is predicated upon how they live upon the truth. See, see, that's based upon, you know, uh, what decisions we're, we're going to be making, how we're giving ourselves, how we're spending our time. And here's the last verse I want to give you for this morning. And these are the words of Jesus. See, the truth is, is the foundation of both the way we live and how we live. It's the way we live and how we live. It's the way of life and how we're going to live our life. See, the truth is the foundation of that. So Jesus says in John 6 and 63, it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. And we are to we we are to take uh, heart to that. 
We are to cleave to that. This means that something or uh, 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 nothing is done uh, in reference to benefiting from the kingdom unless we are connected to the spirit. And we cannot do it ourselves. And we, we need his help. So glory to God. Come on, let's, let's close out in prayer. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your living word. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and privilege. For without you, I can do nothing. Who can de- declare your truths? the spiritual things of you without you revealing them by your spirit. So I'm praying for each and every person, each and every believer, especially Lord, first of my fellow brethren and sisters that are in this nation, that Lord, that we be of the same mind and of the same spirit that Lord, that, uh, that, that we will arise that, 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 that in these times that that line will be drawn in the sand, that the world will know the, the, the difference between Lord, those who are yours and those who are not. And Lord, that, that, that fear, uh, that reverence that the world once had, even in the days of old, that they knew, God, you are with your people. You, you manifested by a fire by night and a cloud, a pillar by day. The world knew in that day that, God, you are with your people. Well, let the world know, Lord, today that Jesus, your Lord, and beside you there is no, no other You do not share your glory with no other. Lord, deal with this nation, Holy Spirit. Deal with this nation. We pray for our president. We pray, Lord, for his staff, the White House staff. We pray for the the House of Representatives and the Senate. Lord, our governmental leadership from the Supreme Court uh, down to the the Department of Justice, to to, to, to the Department of Interior, to all these functions that, Lord, has an effect on our lives. Lord, we're we are praying for a righteous counsel, and we pray that, Lord, that all things will work together for the good of the righteous, because you, your, righteous, your righteous people are in this nation. Lord, we thank you for working all these things for the, the benefit of the righteous, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be condemned, for it is our inheritance that we have of you as being saints. We thank you, Lord, that as we continue to seek you first, your kingdom, and your righteousness. You add all of these things to us. And if there's anyone who is watching, Lord, who does not have a right relationship with you, we pray for them right now. You just come on, repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Wash me, cleanse me. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that God loved me so much that he sent you, Jesus, God, you sent your son into this world to die for my sins. I believe that not only did you die, I believe that you died on that cross and you rose again and that you are the resurrection and life. Thank you for saving me. I receive you. Lord, thank you for saving me and forgive me of my sins in Jesus' name. And so that's where it starts. And now we, we want to invite you to come uh, to when, when, our, when our doors are open again, when it's not snowing out and we can get there to come out so that you can be disciple into uh, how to walk uh, as a believer should walk. Or if you're not in our area and you're watching, uh, we want to encourage you to get connected to a biblical church, a church that's you've got to look past all the lights, the cameras, the action. I mean, that is literally going to, that's teaching you the word of God. And I pray may the Holy Spirit lead you uh, to the right uh, place. And if you wind up in the wrong place that you'll know that and you get led to the right place, where you can be discipled on how to be and live your life as a believer. 
Well, I call you blessed. And uh, we, we, you know, the, the things are happening. You know, there's still you know, some minor, some work that's still happening at the church. The church is about 90% completed, but it's, it's ready for us to use. And so keep us in prayer. And if you, had not, if you have, have not done so already, please go out and, and give your tithes and offers. So whatever you would have given, if you were physically in the building, uh, we need you to go out online so we, you know, we can keep you. Know, we don't want to fall short in our financial side because we know that the two forms of giving, the practical side is that is the, on the practical way, that's how all the expenses are paid. But on the spiritual side, we have the great um, benefit spiritually as the Bible speaks about. And then you have to give that after you purpose in your heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. You have to do that because you, you have faith, you believe, you, you believe God is your helper. And you do that to appropriate those spiritual principles. And so I call, I call you blessed. Come on, let's make our good confession together as we um, um, close out uh, this uh, time of service today. Come on, say it with me. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, I thank you that your face and your countenance is always upon us. That you, Lord, you're always in the midst of us. You always encamp around us, overshadowing us by by your presence, by your Holy Spirit. And only unto you, Lord, we acknowledge who is able to keep us from trips, slips and falls, and to present us faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. We thank you, Lord, that as as we go out, as we go in, Lord, we have your blessings. We have green pastures. We say with heartfelt conviction, as we are dismissing here, we say that we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I call you blessed. God bless you.